Yo, I am the I am Hyphenx, and welcome to the Great Conversation Podcast, where we indulge in healthy dialogue about topics that are important in today's society and culture. Man, I guess we're doing a series right now on abuse and making it through abuse. Uh, we had just had a com- uh, great conversation with Shanika Smith, which prompted this conversation here. And I got a couple more lined up as well. So I guess we're doing a series on abuse, y'all. And, um, you know, here at The Great Conversation, we like to, uh, you know, cater to our audience. But we like to talk about taboo subjects and taboo subjects with substance. So that's what we like to do here. Now, our guest today is a serial entrepreneur. Business on top of business on top of business, on top of business. Absolutely. We got Erica Cooper. How you doing? Yep. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. Go ahead. For people who may not know too much about you, go ahead and lay out the red carpet to, to your success, to your life. What's Who are you? Okay. Well, I was born Erica Cooper. However, um, I am Erica Davis. But um, but to those who pretty much know me, um, know my story, I am the owner of Cooper Enterprise. And under Cooper Enterprise, I have a lot of different entities. I own Own Your Business LLC. I own um, a Queen's Boutique. I have a clothing line. It's called She Hustle Clothing. I also have my um, nonprofit, which is Erica's Coats for Kids. And I am also a member of the Chamber of Commerce. (laughs) And it's just so many hats that I I wear. I'm sure I'm I'm leaving out something because it's just so many. (laughs) But yeah, that's just, that's what I do. And not to mention that I work at the hospital. I am am the Human Resources Director for Mercy Health in Beloit, Wisconsin, which is where I am right now. Oh, (laughs) man, you're doing it all. You're doing it all. So we know you're an important lady. We're not going to take up too much of your time. I want to just dive right into it. Yep, I just want to dive right into it. Um, how do you, like, great. Great. How, how, how do you stay so level-headed and not big-headed by wearing so many different hats? No. You said what now? How do you stay so level-headed and not become big-headed by, by wearing so many hats? Well, um, I mean, being big-headed is not going to get you anywhere fast. You know, when people start to think that you smell yourself, then they're, they're more reluctant to even invest in you. They feel like, okay, why do we need to invest in you? I mean, you already walking around here like the world is, is on is you the world, so... Why would anybody, you know, want to help somebody or want to invest in somebody or even support somebody who's already feeling like they the stuff, being big headed, you know, mm-mm. it doesn't work in, in, in this in today's society. Yeah, because I agree with you on that, because, you know, once you become big headed, you can't fit through any other doors. So you you really limit yourself None. when you become when you become big headed. Now, we were talking mm-hmm. offline. And um, we were talking about how you were um, 
stuck in a loop for about 10 years. Can you explain to our audience about that? No, you we're breaking up. Can you um you want in out? Can you explain to our audience? Uh, you we were talking offline about how you were stuck in a, a in a, in a loop for about ten years. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Uh, how you are? You keep uh, freezing. What is going on? You keep freezing. All right. How about now? I can hear you now. Okay. You just like right now you're froze. Okay, but can you still hear me? You're froze. How about now? I can hear you now. Okay. So you were in a loop for about 10 years of your life, you say, um, in mm-hmm. a abusive situation. Can you explain to us um how did you end up there? Can you hear me? Yep. How did you how did you end up there? How did I what? How did you end up in your abusive uh relationship for over 10 years, for about 10 years? Well, I ended up in the relationship because I met somebody who came off as being one of the dopest people I've ever met in my life. But I soon found out that it was just a big lie, you know, but I had already failed and I fell hard. So even when I found out the truth, it was hard to walk away because this is a situation that I had really you know became attached to so that's how I ended up in the situation in the first place and we were talking about how you felt like this individual was like he kind of you're frozen like he kind of got off on you uh, belittling you making you dependent on him emotionally physically You're frozen. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but you in and out. So I'm not getting the whole question. Okay. Give me give me one moment. All right, we're back. All right, so you were in a loop for about 10 years. Tell us about that. Well, um, like I said, I met him at work and um, he just was he came off as a really dope soul and that's kind of what won me over. And like, I, and I just found out later on that I was dealing with a narcissist and um, we're dealing with a narcissist. It's, it's, it's a situation that you really can't even explain because it's like, they're, they're like half, half human and half monster, you know? So I met him um at work like I said and then after a while of us dating I started to see certain signs but I just wasn't taking heed to the signs so it was around the time that my mother was passing away I met him like maybe four months and I met him before that but like like four months down the road my mother started going through her situations with cancer and um she ended up passing away and when she passed away the flag was right there because it was like, wait a minute, you're sending me a text and not by my side at a time that I needed you the most. And then I found out at my mother's passing, I was two months pregnant with our daughter. Uh. So not only did he have no remorse for not being there for me, but he told me that 
he was laid up with his wife who was pregnant and about to have a baby any day now. Wait a minute. So not only was he not there for you, you find out that you're about to bring a life into the world. And then you find out that this man that's been there, well, that's been around, you just met that you about to have his child with, he has a whole wife and have a kid on the way. Absolutely. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. And he told me, yeah. Yep. And she had the baby, like, I want to say, uh, two months to the day my mother passed away. Wow. Where did that put, where did that put you mentally? Well, mentally I was already destroyed because I had lost my mother, but because I thought that I had this person on my team to help me through it, it kind of put me in a, in a worse place when I found out that I didn't even have that support either, you know, and then um, after, you know, he came out and told me the truth, then the verbal abuse started, the mental abuse started because it was more so as, okay, he knew he was wrong for how he, for the situation that he put me in. But when I would ask questions that would he would lash out, you know, don't worry about what you can't control. You can't control me, you know, just things of that nature that I had to go through. I, I couldn't ask, ask questions. I couldn't cry because if I cried, I was considered weak. So I would have to hide my tears. Yeah. All this coming from a man who, uh, a narcissistic man who claims that he loves you. Mm-hmm. So he kind of, see. Yeah. I, it sounds as if he seen that you were at your low point and he just kind of went in for the kill. What made you stay? What made you stay in that? Because you said it was like almost 10 years. So why, why did you stay in that? Okay, well, think about it like this. I lost my mother. Um, all of my brothers were incarcerated. Mm. I'm an only girl. Um, my dad is suffering from mental illness, so he couldn't be there for me. So I felt like I had nothing. And he was all I had besides my children, not understanding that I had myself. I didn't need him. Mm. But I just felt broken. You know, at the time I was going through, you know, I, my mother passing and um, I was being evicted. I was. Um, in a state of depression, I was pregnant, very emotional and hormonal, and Chrysler had just fired me. Um, it was it was a lot. Like my car had my, my vehicle had got repossessed, and it was like I had nothing, you know. So it was like nothing from nothing leaves what mm. nothing. So when this man, this man, like he was, he after he revealed to you he was married. So y'all, y'all continue to see each other. Y'all continue to see each well, other. Oh, yeah. Explain that. Yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I did not leave. I did not leave because he kept saying, we're not together. Yeah, we're married, but we're not together. We're not together. And I believed it mm. because she's, you know, she stayed in Chicago. He stayed in Chicago, but he was mostly here. But when he would leave, he would always go back to her, you know, Mm. and I didn't find that out because um, I went with him one time to Chicago to his place and he was taking care of his mom. She was there, too. Well, the wife told him that she didn't want me around his child and I couldn't sleep in the same room with him. So he made me sleep with his mother in her bed while he's in the other room with the kids. (laughs) You laughing like it's funny to me, too, now that I think about it and look back. Yeah. (laughs) 
wait a minute. Oh my gosh. I mean, so, I'm like big and pregnant, and I'm I'm in this bed with his mom, and then he had the door closed with the kids in there with him because she told him I couldn't be around his kid. It was it was bad. It was bad. That that that's a that's a that's a lot to that's a lot to deal with. Yeah, it was bad. When it was you, really bad. By going through that, were there yeah. were there other traumas mm-hmm. that happened in the in, in like maybe before him that could have caused maybe this situation to occur or helped this situation to occur? With with him? Well, no, with you, with, with, your, with yourself. Or you can talk about him too. Your opinion on him too. He broke up. Yeah, you could talk about opinions on him too. I, we gotta ask the question again because you you froze. Okay, so froze. Do, do you think that what what other traumatic events happened to you prior to this that may help get you to this point to that point? I didn't hear anything you said. How what? type of uh traumatic events happen in your life that caused you to get to that point mm-hmm. in your in your life like did anything happen before i think uh, how about now you froze I, I can't make out nothing you're saying okay how about now i can hear you now but you keep going in and out okay all right this is getting annoying to me now, what was the question? All right. What traumatic events happened to you prior to you being in this relationship that could have caused you to end up in a relationship like this? I, I want to say, because like I, I stated before, you know, um, I was molested as a child, as a, as a little girl, um, a couple times. And I have been looking for love, but I couldn't find it, you know, and I was always told that, you know, your daddy is your protector, your daddy is your first love, and that's how a girl learns how a man is supposed to treat her. Well, when I was molested, my dad wasn't around. My daddy had lost his mind, so he wasn't in my life. My mother was young, 17 years old when she had me, so she was a child herself. So when she would leave me with different people, things happened, you know what I'm saying? So... Even my mother, got, she got married, and when we moved to Rockford, she got married, and her husband was touching. And I was, like, maybe 12, 13, mm. you know? So, like, when I started developing, when I started developing, he would, like, grab, you know, touch me, you know? So I started wearing really baggy clothes in the summertime, um, jeans in the summertime. I just, I hid my body. I hid my body a lot um, because of the trauma that I had experienced. You know, did, from growing up. When did you tell your mother about this? When did I tell my mother? That that her husband. Um, I told my mother. The first situation I told her when it happened. Mm-hmm. And she addressed it. Um, but the other situations, I pretty much told her when I got old enough. Because as a child, you don't know if you're going to get in trouble. You think you're going to get in trouble. Like, you think you did something wrong. So... It wasn't until after I got old enough that I really started telling her what I went through and how I felt. And we cried and she apologized. And but I had to tell her I, I didn't blame her because she was young, too. Mm. But, yeah, I told her. 
So mm-hmm. those situations, like um, the traumas that happened to us. I'm going to uh, tell you how messed up I was. Go ahead. I'm going to tell you how messed up I was throughout my childhood. One of the people who molested me was my pastor's son, and I ended up marrying his brother. Mm-hmm. Wait, say that. Let me... When I was younger, one of the guy, one of the people. I'm sorry. You said it. One. Go ahead. One of the people I went to stay. I went over. I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yes. My son keeps trying to chime in. <laughs> um, when I was younger, we was going to this church. Um, in Chicago and we were all you know how we were all over to the pastors we were all over to um, my pastor's house and he Lord Jesus everybody want to call me while I'm on the phone so um, we were all playing it was it was a, a couple kids but he was older than me and he penetrated me only with his fingers. But when I got older, I ended up marrying his brother. Wow. So you had to see this man. Yeah, the pastor's son, who is now the pastor of the church. I ended up marrying the, the younger brother, which is my age. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, so what does that do to you to have to be around to be around your molester it's like your protectors are letting you down the thing about it is is that i think he felt more condemned than i did because if we was in a room together he couldn't stay if i was in the room alone he wouldn't come in the room and this was well after this is i was married to his brother by now and he would never be in a room with me alone Mm. ever it was like he couldn't get close and the crazy part about it is he married us. Hey, man, this is a this a novel, boy. Uh, <laughs> so he married her. So did the younger brother know about this? No. Wow. So neither one of y'all told told the brother. No, or mm-hmm. no, or his dad, or nope. It was just y'all. Nobody secret. in the church knew. Just y'all. Secret. Well, I told my mom. I told my mother. Eventually. My mother knew eventually. Wow. And I and, and I take that back. I told his mother, because she was there that day. I told his mother. And you know what she said? What? She said, get she was like, call your mom. She gotta come get you because you just too fast for me. She called me fat. And she sent me home. Mm-hmm. So she victim shamed. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? And that it probably something that happened to her. You know, we, I guess, I guess black, what I'm learning is that black women are taking a lot of molestation on the chin. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they it happens. Take it. Uh, at least mm-hmm. the sexual assault, they get raped, take it yeah. and it's, and take it in silence and keep it moving. Now, I'm starting to understand it's, it's generational. Like it just keep it's something it's a generational. That, it's, it's that, generation. It's a generational curse. Mm. And I had to break the cycle because I feel like it started with me because I was the oldest, Mm. you know, 
Yeah, and my brothers, they told me they were they were being touched too, you know, but that's their story. Right, that's their so, story. Yeah. Man, that's that's but, um, that's crazy. You never so really that's how you, I was you never really know what's happening in your own like with your kids when you leave them places. That's why it is important mm-hmm. to have uh you never do communication. Never open. do. And we were as kids, my mother was dropping us off. Mm-hmm. It was like she was put, you know, she she didn't know, but she was really putting us in the hands of the abusers because every time she went out, that's what she dropped us off to. Man, oh man. Mm-hmm. So your father so that's not why. your father not there. He's your that protector is gone. Your mother is dropping you off at different people's home. Well, at this home where the molestation is happening. So your protectors are letting you down there. Now your mother's passing and now you're about to lay, you're in the hands of another, another person that's going to do you wrong and do you dirty. At what point did you say what well, enough is enough? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when did you decide that enough was enough for you? I decided enough was enough when he tried to take my life. Not once, not twice, not three times, but four. And the fourth time he almost, he almost succeeded. Are you talking about fist fights? Like trying to take your life that way? Premeditated? Like breaking into your home? Like what are you saying? He broke into my home many times. Um... He, I would leave, I would be trying to leave. He would jump in the vehicle with me. It was just a lot of different things. But the night that he tried to take my, one of the nights he tried to take my life, it was very premeditated. Um, he waited until all my children were gone. He acted so nice. Like we was just really good that day. But after my children left and there was nobody there, he took my phone. I couldn't call nobody. Um, I was getting ready for work. That night, I was taking my shower, and as I was sitting there putting my lotion on, I got ready to stand up, and he pushed me. And when he pushed me, I fell back on the bed, and he jumped on me, and he sat on my stomach. He put his knees in my arms, and he started joking me. And my phone was ringing. It was people calling. I couldn't answer. I was trying to get him off of me. It just so happened that our five-year-old and our seven-year-old was there, and they bust in the room and start grabbing him and throwing shoes at him. That's pretty much what made him get off of me. Them what do you believe? What did you believe triggered triggered him? I, you know what? The man is all over the place. Um, he he has. I believe he has mental illness because one minute we'll be fine, and the next minute he'll just go completely berserk. And then as soon as he does what he does, and say the police is called, and they make him leave. Then I'll get all these phone calls. Baby, I'm so sorry. I don't know what what was wrong with me. I'm just so stressed out from work, and it's not your fault. He'll do those things, and then I'll be like, okay, I understand, I understand. And then he'll come back, and then as soon as he come back, he'll be more mad because now he's you called the police on me. So you see what I'm saying? So yeah, so really he did all that sweet talking to get back so that he can punish me for calling the police on him. You know, mm-hmm. some people in our community, they'll be like, oh, she must like that because she keep going back or she keep letting him back in. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? What do you say to that? 
Like, like, what do you, how would you respond? Like, some people in our community, I would tell, I would, yeah, go ahead. I, I would tell women to get out the first time because if you keep going back, you will not escape with your life. You will not escape. A narcissist's sole goal is to destroy you mm. because whatever it is that you have going on in your life, they didn't have that growing up and they hate you for it. Like, everything I have going on in my life right now, he's never come to an event. He's never went with me to unload any of my stuff or load it back up. I was on the news one time, and I told him to record it. And when I got home, I was so excited. And I said, did you did you record the news? And he looked me dead in my face and said, no. I said, why? He said, because I don't care enough. And left it at that. He don't bold, ask me to come to your events. Don't ask me. Yeah. Like that's very he's very he he was that he was that he was very bold individual. Well, he's very arrogant. He has he's very in, in spite of his his illness, he's very cocky, condescending, and he, he praises himself. He he says that it's him, it's it's him, it's Jesus, Jehovah, and then him. A man, so the like man won't moves. even like it's to a point he won't even take out the garbage. He won't do any of that. He says his hands is not made for that. Oh, so what is his hands made yeah. for? Beating women? Mm-hmm. Like you can't you can't you can beat a woman, but you can't take out the trash. Oh, boy, oh boy, this is mm-hmm. why it's so important because I, you know, he he also got some trauma. He also got some trauma, which is allowing him or giving him the fuel to act the way that he's acting. You know and it gives him, it gives him the, it, it makes him feel, um, how can I put it? That like he's the man, mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? It just makes him feel like he's empowered to be able to break somebody else down. And he takes pride in it. Mm-hmm. What what name three red signs that you would red flags that you ignored that if you would have if you would have paid attention to them? Okay. Um the physical abuse and the mental. Those those be the flags right there. Now uh, I know you at work. I just want to let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Does does one truly heal from abuse? Yes. It takes a while, but yes. What did you learn? What what, what did you learn in, about yourself? In a yourself? lot of cases. I'm sorry, what was that? No, go ahead. In a lot of cases. In a lot of cases, people become who they are today, successful, um, mighty, strong, all of that. When you see a lot of women out here, they're going hard and, you know, they're strong and, and they're bearing all arms and they're not taking no for an answer. I promise you, in that woman's life, she's been through something. Very traumatic. Very traumatic. The title she of this... The, the title of this podcast, guys, is No Looking Back. 
how do you continue to look forward and not look back? Because your life is in front of you. There's nothing behind you that is going to add substance to your life. The substance that you got with the situation behind you is for you to gain the courage to move forward with your life and become better than you ever was. She do a little motivational speaking too, y'all. I don't. If anybody's watching this, on, once we put it on YouTube, man, I just had a big smile on my face because I just got motivated. Because I, uh, here on the podcast, I often speak about, you know, I really don't have a, I really don't have any desire right now to uh, talk to my past self. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for that future self to come back and, and say something to me. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to listen now. Like I'm. <laughs> I'm ready to take instruction, if you will. Mm -hmm. So your life is in ahead of you and not behind you, because if you you know you're spending too much time in the past, you're you're deemed to repeat the same mistakes that you made in the past as well. Yeah. Um, somebody out there right now is going through your very similar situation, and they're listening. And I remember you said at one point in time uh, offline when we were talking that you said that. Uh, you are you you may not be going through what you're going through for you you may be going through it for someone else so go ahead yes. and talk to that person right now what i have learned um what i what i had to learn in um what i was going through with my narc was um what i went through all, throughout throughout life not just him where, where it all began the fact that i walked away from it with my life is because there was a purpose and a plan in it for me the purpose and the plan that was in it for me was so that I can save somebody else. Nothing that you go through is for you. It's always for somebody else. Your assignment is never for you. Your assignment is for somebody else. So when I say that, you have to take care of you. You have to let those hurts and pains go. You have to stand in your purpose you have to own who you are as a person. You only get one you, and there are no do-overs. So, so watch how you allow people to handle you. And that's through, throughout all walks of your life. And I stress your life because the people that hurt you would have never allowed you to hurt them the way that they've hurt you and never love anybody more then you love yourself. Okay. I told y'all she do a little motivational speaking too. Mm -hmm. um, that if that hits you in your chest right now, uh, I'm getting I almost got emotional. Excuse me. If you if that got in your hit you in your chest and dropped to your stomach right now, that means you need to go ahead and give action to your own life. Stop letting life happen to you, and if you start happening to your own life. Mm -hmm. um, that was that, that that was big. That really meant something to me right there. Go ahead and let them know uh, where they can um, where they can uh, find you at all your tags. Where can they find you at? Okay, um, you can e email me at onyourbusiness62 at yahoo.com. I also have a business page for On Your Business on um, on Facebook. I also have Queens Boutique on Facebook. You can still message me through that. Also, I have, um, I do have Facebook, and it's um, Erica Yolanda 
Cooper on Facebook. I am also on Instagram. And I am also on Snapchat. You will you you'll find me on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I'm a good on that TikTok. No, but for real. Your TikToks be funny though. <laughs> yeah, I have so many people hitting me up about it. But that that's my personality. That's that's who I've been all my life. No matter the pain, the struggle, the stronghold, whatever I went through, I've always maintained that personality because that's who God created me to be. And I never let go of it. Well, y'all hear that? Y'all hear that? She ain't letting go. Well, Erica, I appreciate you for coming on on Absolutely. the show, guys. Uh, remember, this is going to be available anywhere that you're listening to podcasts at uh, Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcast. Um, guys, we got a lot of things going down the pipeline. Just tune into our Facebook page at the Great Conversation Podcast. Um, that's on our Facebook, that's our YouTube, that's our TikTok, that's everything, okay? Just look us up, or you can just look up your boy hyphen X, and uh, all our everything associated with me is gonna pop up, okay? So, and you know, e. Davis on TikTok, I'm E Davis 75. Oh, you y'all heard her, she dropped it. That's her TikTok, E Davis. You say E Davis uh, 75? Yep, capital Boom. E Davis 75. Boom, y'all got that. Follow her on TikTok, it'd be hilarious. I'm not gonna stunt, and she. Like it, like you know how some people do voiceovers and you can tell they're doing a voiceover. No, it, I really the first time I thought it was you talking. I was like, oh, she the originator of this. And like you got some acting skills. You need, you need to get on camera. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you guys, you you guys know what we like to say here at the Great Conversation, man. Uh, the Great Conversation podcast is that you don't always have to agree to have a great conversation. Peace. Peace.